What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. I'm your host, Shane McNeely. And just a reminder, Crazy Face Uno is inspiring others to do good, make a difference in our local and global community. I have a wonderful guest today. She is a very hardworking, dedicated uh, lady that I respect very much. Her name is Lauren Coons. Lauren, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Lauren, I this is a great intro, I guess. I meant to ask before so I could make sure I said your last name correctly. You are you're recently married and I still have you in my phone as your maiden name. Uh, so yeah. did I say it correctly? <laughs> it is, yeah. It's Coons. Coons. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. My husband is a very German last name, and it's not the last I would have picked or kept. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, I guess it's the way it goes. I mean, nowadays yeah. you kind of get the choice to do what you want, um, yeah. if you want, you know? I know my wife, she... She actually made her middle name. She has two middle names now. So she made her mm-hmm. maiden name one of her middle names. And then she took yeah, my Yeah, my sister did the same thing. Yeah. She did the same thing. And she's still in... My sister, who's been married for 10 years, is still in my phone with her maiden last name. So with her, <laughs> you know, make, I know. I, I think I'm just going to leave it in there and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. But I had to like look it up before I went. I was like, oh, wait. I got to make sure I get the spelling right and everything. So, Like you just mentioned before we started recording um i don't have a lot of stuff on facebook so my last name isn't on my actual yeah facebook, so. i know yeah i had to like yeah, dig, to I had to dig a little bit you know get that, <laughs> get that going um yeah well let me just intro you a little bit here yeah. i'm sure that nobody would ever guess how we met i mean oh, i've okay. never talked about oh, this organization <laughs> or this part of my life at any point in time on this podcast <laughs> Um, Lauren, you and I, we met for the first time at Invisible Children, um, a place that's both near and dear to both of our hearts, obviously, for many reasons. Um, but yeah, so Invisible Children, like many people I've said before, is uh, the reason that I, I've met you and we've we've worked together in many different capacities since then, uh, but, yep. but yeah, we, uh, we are... I see yours at heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You are like it. Go ahead. I'm trying to remember when we even met within that time period. Because weren't you one of the ones that came and went and came back and stuff like that? Or were you there the whole time? I was there, but like, yeah, because you, I don't even know when we met either, to be completely honest. (laughs) I think, um. Um, we were acquaintances. Yeah, I think the like live streams that you were kind of producing or, or you know helping out with was really like how yeah. we when we like really got to know each other. I think, but um, but yeah, I don't know what when did you when did you start? So I was a summer intern of 2011. Um, so we were there. Um, I was actually in uh, okay. the Dream Factory. I was in with. Jedediah, I was the communications yeah. intern working the blog. That's right. Went away at the end of the summer because I still had one semester of college left. And um, about two weeks into my semester, I get a call from Alice Collins and was like, hey, we love the work. I did a side project for the music department. I said, hey, we love the work you did. I convinced Kenny um, 
do you want to come be our assistant? And I was like, well, dude, like, I'm, I'm at college. Like, I, I'm in the middle of my stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I managed to switch all of my classes to be online classes, packed up my stuff, and drove my truck out to California and was there for, I think, two and a half, three more years. Yeah. Okay. So I came in uh, fall 2010, I believe. Okay, yeah. So I was the fall roadie class of fall 2010 was my first. So you would have been okay. there. And I was I was there. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I was I was around. So we would have we would have crossed paths at that point in time. I forgot that you right. were there in 2011. That was that's a good yeah. good chunk of time ago. Mm-hmm. Lauren, I'm I would love to go back even further than that, honestly, because I think that you know there's there's a lot of things. You and I have a lot of things in common. Uh, we're like-minded people in a lot of ways. And and some of our um, college or like our education background and some of the conservative Christian school values that we um, both went to very conservative Christian schools. <laughs> and I would love to touch on that a little bit if you're, yeah. if you're willing. You went to yeah. Liberty, correct? Yeah, I, I am sad to affirm that at this point in time in my life. But yes, I, did. Uh, <laughs> I also, I'm afraid to say anything because podcasts they live forever, and I'm sure one day it'll come back and butt me in the butt. But that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. I, I do go to Liberty. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we can just, if you would tell us, maybe what your desire, your drive to go to that school at the time was. Yeah, so I um, when I graduated, it was always my goal to be valedictorian. And unfortunately, I became in, I was in third place. So it was not valedictorian, not salutatorian. So my goal was always be super, super smart. Yeah. And at the end of my senior year, that was pretty, pretty devastating for my nerdy, nerdy self. <laughs> so I decided to, and I just didn't really know what I wanted to do at that point in time. Um, so I took a gap year. Okay. Yeah. Went, well, it took a gap year-ish, but also did some of my basics at a community college for the first semester or two, just to just keep moving, but also like had no idea what I wanted to aspire to be. I genuinely thought about joining the military. I was a shoe-in with my dad's naval career, with my grades and all that kind of stuff. Um, thought about going to local universities, just couldn't figure it out. Um, but yeah, like I said, very academic. I was going to a community college that was not so academic. So very quickly, I was like, uh, I got to get to a university. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get to a four-year college that people are actually striving to be something better. Yeah. And um, it literally came down to my best friend, um, still my best friend to this day. She was going to Liberty University. She went straight out of high school. And she was like, just come up there. Come be with me. <laughs> literally... I called to talk to somebody about the application process because I, at the time, my dad um, was going to transfer his GI Bill, the benefit that certain people in the military get, um, to me for some of the some of the semesters. And so I called them, was like, hey, military kid, how does this all work? Yeah. Can I apply? And they're like, yep, we'll waive your application fee. We will waive your actual application because you have to like do like paragraph submissions of, boy, oh, I deserve to be here. Yeah. They waived everything. They gave me a huge discount because I was a military kid, and then the GI Bill. Wow. But literally, I went because finances were really, really good. Still ended up in debt, with college debt, but of finances course. were much better than what they could have been, and my best friend was there. So, 
Boom. It really wasn't based on anything. It wasn't based on anything super spiritual. I did enjoy that at the, that point in time in my life that it was, you know, had a very academic focus. Like it wasn't a party school. Obviously, there was no drinking, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. it was a little bit, a little bit of a here and there, but mainly my best friend, <laughs> just being lonely. Yeah, yeah, and that's. I mean, honestly, that's. It's more common, I think, than it it isn't. Um, like right, decisions yeah. to go to colleges based on you know friends and and just finances, honestly, and. Yeah. Um, I've talked to a lot of my friends and even people that I went to school with that, you know, Derek Griffey, who was uh, on the podcast, he mentioned the, kind of the same thing. He's like, this was the only one I applied to. I got in, you know, my friends were going there. I went, you know, um, and he's in a different place in life too. Um, what would you, for those that don't know about Liberty University, would you just yeah. maybe give a little information about it? Um, and then I would love to, what was your major as well? Yeah. So Liberty is a um, predominantly Southern Baptist university in um, in Virginia, and it's I mean it is gorgeous. It's got a beautiful campus. They're expanding like crazy. They're a debt free university, um, and it's, wow. I mean they're just they're building beautiful, beautiful things, and they do. They have insanely great academics. I got an amazing degree from there. Amazing teachers. Like it really is um, quite beautiful to be there. And, um, but for those of you who don't know, it was founded by a pretty, pretty staunch, um, person with a lot of rules. And so there's just a lot of rules and contingencies with it, which yeah. when I was applying, didn't seem like that big of a deal. Yeah. I come from a military family. Not that my dad was, you know, super, you know, unbelievably strict, but he was strict. So yeah. I, I had to follow rules like, okay, so just. I can't watch R-rated movies in a dorm. Fine, I would just go to the movie theater and watch. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, right. that didn't necessarily bother me. Um, but yeah, so it's a pretty strict school. It's definitely grown in popularity, and with popularity comes controversy. So there is a lot that comes with it. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a pretty pretty strict school. But for for the money and the location and the education, it, it, it boils down to definitely being worth it to, de- to get the degree. Um, I got a degree in communications. Uh, I got a Bachelor of um, Science in, if I could remember it, I never use it. Uh, <laughs> relations advertising. <laughs> I get it. That was my, yeah. And then minor in international studies. Um, okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, Bethel College, now Bethel University. Whoop, whoop. Moving up in the world. Uh, <laughs> uh, has a lot of rules as well. I mean, same thing. Yeah. No R-rated movies. Couldn't, you know, we had uh, only open hours for girls and guys coming into the dorms. So Ooh. guys were on Fridays. Yeah. Girls were on Saturdays. You could go to their dorm. Mm. They could come to ours on Fridays. We could go to theirs on Saturday. And then Sunday was both. Um, curfews, you know, we had the whole shebang to no R-rated movies. Couldn't close the door. Couldn't be in the same blanket. You know, all of those types of um rules that you would associate with a conservative christian school um yeah yeah okay though i'm i'm gonna one-up you on that we, i know i was gonna i was wanting you to <laughs> yeah i was like we don't we were never allowed to have guys and girls on opposite dorms um if a guy was helping you like move stuff in during move-in week like literally guys had you had to scream down the hall and make sure everyone knew <laughs> that there's a man on the hall you literally would yell man on the hall and walk up and down before he was allowed to walk in to bring up your 
computer chair or like <laughs> like whatever it is. We yeah. I remember that there was open dorms maybe like once or twice a semester. It wasn't very often at yeah. that point in time. It would be different now. Um, but yeah, like we weren't allowed to get tattoos while we were in school. We weren't oh, allowed to have wow. piercings. Yeah. Like, I had gotten my nose pierced during the summer and then like got in big trouble when I came back and tried to like hide such it a, with a clear retainer. And stuff such like that. a rebel. So, oh no, I love yeah, my lip pierced. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, I mean, it was really, really strict. And if you got in trouble for breaking any of the rules, you got uh, in trouble, you got financially fined. And then sometimes there would be like, wow, uh, community service involved. That's what I was like, uh, it was yeah. just a little, it was. Ours was extra. social was like, probation. <laughs> That's what they called it. Yeah. It was social probation, whatever that means. It was basically like a couple strikes and you're out kind of thing. But yeah, um, yeah we didn't have some of that. Now, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. Did was isn't weren't there specific sidewalks? So that is Bob Jones University. Oh, okay. That's the one that is Bob Jones, and that's in Florida. Gotcha. Um, Sure, it's important. I could be wrong. I don't know. But that was always like, we always like would compare ourselves like, well, we're not Bob Jones. We can walk on the same sidewalk. <laughs> okay. But apparently not. Like, girls could only wear skirts to class and guys could only wear ties to class. Right. They loosened it a little. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty just extra is all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you graduated. You've got your degrees. What was next yeah. for you? Where did you, where did you go after that? So that's so I graduated and finished while still at Invisible Children. So right. Okay. That fall 2012 semester, I was I would be working in the artist relations department. Would come home, do my homework online. Sometimes I had to leave in the middle of the workday to go. Um, I had to Skype into one class, and so I had to do that. And then um, finished in that December, but we only have graduation once a year. So then I was still working at IC in the beginning of 2013. Or sorry, 2012, and then 2012 went walked in my graduation ceremony, and then went back to California for another two years. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, Invisible Children, you yeah. were Jedediah Jenkins. If you're yeah. familiar with Invisible Children at all, um, you know exactly who we're talking about. He <laughs> is a brilliant mind. He's a very brilliant creative. Um, he's a special guy. He recently wrote a book. Um, mm-hmm. was it to shake the sleeping self? I think it's, yeah. Yeah. It's self. a really good book. It's great. I would, it's I would highly yeah. encourage, uh, you all to check it out and, and read it. It's, uh, a trip and a, a bike trip that he took down the, down South America, all the way to the tip, um, from, from Alaska. Is that right? Or from, from, from Oregon to Patagonia, from Oregon to Patagonia. Yeah. yeah. Um, following the footsteps of his parents and kind of his journey there and exploring his own life and self. And, uh, yeah, it's a really, it's a really good story. He did a great job. He's a, he's a brilliant guy. Um, how was that experience for you? What, what did, what did you like about your job? What did you like? What did you maybe not like? Um, what were some of the things you did part of? Yeah. So starting out, I mean, like I said, with Jed in the, in the dream factory, that was, honestly the coolest thing because you felt so cool like you're in, oh, yeah. you're in the section of the office that no one was allowed to go into unless you had a desk in there right um so you work next to jed you work next to jason um 
feel like Laren was still there for a little bit of it. Like you just yep. go surrounded, you know, and everybody, like you're just surrounded by so many amazing people. Um, that it truly felt like, and it was just so impactful and such an honor really honed a lot of my writing skills and, and continued to develop a lot of that. And it was, it was amazing. And then, um, and then, yeah, I, I feel like similar to you just kind of bounced around within the company and just yeah. promoted every, or switched every six months. And so, you know, went from internships to, you know, actually, you know, quote unquote, being paid a stipend and living in the, the Ava Cortez Hill apartments. Whoop, whoop. Um, so. <laughs> the good old Ava. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like did that, was doing, in, you know, assistantship and then ended up doing um, actual event planning for like uh, Move DC and all that kind of good stuff. So it really, it was amazing. Like it's, yeah. it is a genuine foundation of my career. Mm-hmm. It gen- has, has given me a resume that like is insane that no, when I left, I was like 23, 24 and like no, no 24 year old was in charge of a 5,000 person dance party with <laughs> no. a million dollar budget. Well, no. No one had resume. So it was. And it's a blessing and a curse in some ways, you know, I mean, I, I have some of that, some of those similarities in my, you know, in my repertoire and my, uh, resume as well. Um, but even just with the shipping and fleet coordinator, you know, uh, no, nobody at our age had the responsibility, uh, at any job that we were given, you know, you look for a fleet coordinator position anywhere, um, they all require like multiple years of experience and like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And I think, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast before. I think it's awesome. Invisible children really provided and, and saw strengths and, um, they rewarded people for their hard work and their dedication and, and taking initiative and, uh, presented and, and allowed you opportunities that, um, honestly, like I would never have if it wasn't for them. And it's really been a foundational and part of my life and shaped who I am. You know, we're, we were all so malleable at that time as well. Um, but it was, it's just an amazing experience and there'll be plenty more. I have so many guests that I'm working with right now and, and <laughs> lining up that are, it's going to be a invisible children fest, but uh, everybody's yeah. so that everybody's around the country, you know, and, and doing amazing things and creating and, and developing and uh, a part of different organizations and companies. And um, you know, it's, it's not just us that have had the same experience. It's a, it's a collective and it's beautiful. Yeah, definitely. And like, and Ben Kesey will always tell you that he did that. He's like, we trusted a lot of 20-somethings yeah. and a lot of big worlds. But like, it, that alone, too, I think really developed and harnessed a lot of what I want to be in a leader and, yes. and when I'm in leadership positions. Like I, wanted, like, I want to put faith and trust in people that I see that hidden gemstone, but they may not see it yet for them. Yeah. And like, it be produced with a little more rough edges, but it's only going to catapult them into something bigger and something greater. And so just w- working so closely with your freaking CEO and your CFO, like yeah. having them look at you. Great. I trust you go wrong with it. And right. You're crapping your pants and walk away. Yeah. It's, just, it's amazing. Experience. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, you know, being in charge of the, the vans and I, I took, I took that job on. I was an intern 
speaking freely and honestly, I didn't want to make cold calls to people and try to get them to allow us to come into their schools or places of worship or colleges. I, it, it was draining and exhausting and I didn't want to make those calls. And so I started, you know, kind of creating very roughly kind of organizing the vans and, and took responsibility of that. And, uh, that soon turned into my position there and, and getting our little stipend deal, getting paid somewhat, (laughs) if you call it that, um, uh, at invisible children and, and the rest is history. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I, and I agree. I, I want to do that as well as I, you know, as I, uh, hopefully grow and, and manage people and I want to provide opportunity and provide, um, that, I think the best, I mean, and I think the buzzword nowadays would be like coaching, you know, um, like coaching someone in the position they're in. It's, it's, it's not so much micromanaging it's giving them the opportunities and then following up and being like all right what do we do what was great what do we need to improve you know and and um giving people opportunities to be the best they can be absolutely so you work for jedediah um and then you kind of touched on it a little bit then you started working for the music department with kenny and alex and alex brought you in um you know the i i started crazy face uno at an interesting time, uh, we found out that Alex, um, had passed away and, um, the loss of Alex was big for a lot of people and, you know, it impacted a lot of people, especially at Invisible Children and, um, our group and, and his family, obviously. Um, but yeah, how was, what was your experience like in the music department? And, um, you know, if you want to touch on anything with Alex, feel free. Yeah, I mean, the music department, I mean, was, it it was awesome. It was just, it was, I felt like I didn't belong. Like, I wasn't, because the person before me, Nada, she was, like, the coolest, hippest, like, and that wasn't me. Like, I'm good at systems. I'm good at management. I listen to the top 40 in country music. (laughs) (laughs) Not let me play music in the office. Like, that was not my job. Um, (laughs) But it was amazing because I was, you know, they told me all the time I was exactly what they needed. Like they had mm-hmm. the school, they had it, they had the connections. They just needed the organization. They needed the person who's going to push boundaries and implement new things to grow the brand. Because yeah, the music remember, department, the music department was kind of its own little thing. It it really like uh, it 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 stayed true to the mission of Invisible Children, but it was its own entity in a lot of ways. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we had our own, I was going to say, we had our own separate brands. Like, we had our own Facebook, we had our own um, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of good stuff. And a lot of the times, we had to fundraise for our own budgets, because naturally so, you know, in in a, you know, nonprofit spe- spectrum, like, yeah. a celebrity music relationship department isn't necessarily what a outsider could view as actually impacting the mission. And so we had to fundraise yeah. a lot of our own money, a lot of our own initiatives, despite the fact that we're the artists and celebrities, like are the people we work with, the ones who are spreading the bigger brands or the ones who are like, you know, helping spread the awareness. But that's, that was not an IC call. That's like a, a making sure that the outside world and 
understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the music department worked with a lot of, I mean, Kenny and Alex had connections to some of the, the top bands and big bands that we would recognize. I mean, we, yeah. you guys fostered relationships with, um, I don't know, name, name a few, Lauren, you'd probably know better than I, I don't need to. <laughs> I mean, the big bands, one of our, you know, our most consistent would be like, um, Fall Out Boy, Thrice. Right. We worked a lot with um, All Time Low because we went on Warp Tour consistently every yep. single um, summer. So yeah, we it was obviously a little bit usually in the more pop punk arena, mm-hmm. um, but then there was a lot of people too that underground music. We, you know, Alex and Alex Collins and Alex Nazer Hall and Kenny were really good about finding the up and coming people. Yeah, and promote before they got big. So I mean. Yeah, I, what is the name of the trio of the girls that are just huge right now? Um, not the Spice Girls, right? Not the Spice Girls. We <laughs> did not know the Spice Girls. But anyhow, this, I saw a tip on, and I'm sure listeners are screaming it. Yeah. Three sisters play our play bass play drums. Anyhow, they started out and um, were really small, and like we started pumping them out because we would put out weekly mixtapes. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, so there was a lot of, there were quite a few bands that are very popular top 40s now that I'm like, dang, Kenny was right, Alex Nazarhal was right, and we pumped them out. I'm not saying we're responsible for their careers, but I'm saying that we knew them back yeah. then kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, Kenny's still involved with a lot of different bands still, and a couple different bands at least, it seems like. I haven't yeah. touched base with them I mean, in a while. But... He's going cool with Ted Lowe and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. He's well, and I mean, we even had, uh, you know, we, the very, very limited, but Mumford and Sons, you know, supported Invisible Children, um, and, and we had a connection there. We had, um, who was the, who was the band that, um, man, I think Alex went on tour with them, um, consistently, not Coldplay, well, Anyway, this is great, great radio, huh? Uh, yeah, no idea. I couldn't, couldn't think, but anyway, yeah, there was a lot of really good connections. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Did What part did you play, really? I mean, you said, like, the organization and logistics. Did Were you just kind of helping organize the tours, or what all exactly? Yeah, so, yeah, a lot of times mine was just, like said, logistics, preparing four tours the guys would either take a van out or be um on buses and stuff like that so literally making sure they had extension cords and cash boxes and cash and you know i i ran most of the social media so actually working on analytics and plans and reviewing that data to grow and you know all the good stuff um anytime we had fundraisers i would be in charge of like 50 celebrities and artists like fundraising pages and, and yeah. you know put all this data that like they think so and so is pumping out but it's like me in san diego yeah one of my favorite things is um i it was my idea and i pitched it to the guys was that um we had a summer clothing line that came out um it right. was just supposed to be and to put out on warp tour but ended up taking off and a bunch of roadies took it on on tour and they extended it through the fall so yeah i didn't believe it was oh but i i proved that man wrong and it was one of our most popular lines so. yeah that was <laughs> that was fun that was really cool for sure 
Um, what what did you do, and and where did you go after Invisible Children? Yeah, so Invisible Children, same thing that most everybody does. You um, I stayed in San Diego for a little bit, tried to make it work, didn't happen. Yep. Um, <laughs> so you know, humbly moved back home to Virginia. Um, thought I would never find a cool job ever again, mm-hmm. um, and then end up in an amazing nonprofit based out of uh, Virginia Beach called Operation Smile. Yeah, and love them. They're great. It was yet another round of two or three years of completely life changing, amazing experiences. Um, I, I didn't know yeah, you worked for them. Working. That's really cool. Yeah, I worked there for three years, and what was neat about the position that I had was. Um, I was a program coordinator, so essentially I would organize these medical trips overseas with my local counterpart in whichever you know country I'm going to. But for the first time ever, I was the one going. Like before, oh, I was playing yeah. everything. Wave bye, Kenny, bye, Alex. Have fun on tour, doing all these you know badass things. And then yeah. for the first time ever, it was me planning it and me going and traveling. So that was always something I was really excited about. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know if you can hear uh, Chance's grabbing some water. So, I was like, what was that sound? <laughs> he's always, uh, he's always staying active. So, uh, yeah, that's really cool. That and that's that's awesome. So, where where did you go? Like, what kind of trip did you take? Yeah. So, when you're a program coordinator, you're essentially assigned two or three trips at a time um, in like a month or two increments. So I basically every month I was traveling or every two months I was traveling overseas. So, um, and you're literally, you're working with your, you know, in-country counterpart because over 50 to 60% of everything is, um, of all the staff members and all that kind of stuff comes from the local countries you're working in just to help continue sustainability and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but you would book travel, you would book hotels, you'd book food, you would get everybody's visas, you'd get everybody's, yeah. you know, international medical licensures, because just because you have a U.S. medical license doesn't mean you can go work in Ghana, like, yeah. all that kind of good stuff. Um, so yeah, I traveled all over, mainly Africa and Southeast Asia, so Cambodia, awesome. Vietnam, Philippines, Ghana, Morocco, uh, Madagascar, yeah, it's all over. Did you have a favorite or a few favorites or a few places it really stuck um, out to you? Yeah, I love Morocco. Morocco is insanely beautiful and yeah. has the frick best food. Oh my gosh, I could eat everything. <laughs> um, but I have, I have a soft start for Southeast Asia. I love Cambodia. Vietnam is one of my favorite yeah. places. I, every single like person I encountered, whether it was a coworker or somebody on the street, was just so sweet and so kind and lovely. Um, love the Philippines. I, I grew up with a lot of Filipino friends, so that felt very and knew what to expect when I walked into the country for the most part. And so, yeah, yeah I just love Yeah, when Dana and I went to Thailand on our honeymoon and we were talking mm-hmm. about that one before we left, we we're like, man, we should come back and go to, you know, Vietnam and Cambodia and, and travel oh, some yeah. of those other countries too. We we really loved Thailand and we loved that experience. It was really great. We want to want to yeah. get over there someday, so. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, I highly encourage anybody. Like, tickets are usually relatively ish affordable for international travel, yeah. and then once you get in, like, yeah, oh my gosh, it's so it's so easy to to can, do it on a budget. It's, 
Yeah, you, you get a pick almost. You can kind of pick how you want to do your vacation. If you want to go super cheap, you can do it super cheap. If you want to yeah. splurge, you can totally splurge. Like, you've got the best of both worlds, so. And especially nowadays, too, I think it's, it's, it's pretty easy to find um, healthy and sustainable and respectable ways to do that. Like, it is yeah. really easy to find somebody local that says, hey, point me in the right direction yep. of the right hotel where I'm not, like, you know, part of something I don't want to be a part of or, like, yeah. you know, continue cycle that's not healthy for your, like, it's so easy to to find the spot absolutely absolutely uh so you worked with project project smile is that right yeah so you work for them and then where did you go after that you said three years there so i worked for operation Smile about two and a half three years um towards the end is when i met charlie my amazing husband Uh um i knew he was coming along here somewhere Yep, and so probably my last, it would have been my last year with Operation Smile because I met him and we eloped within the same year. <laughs> and then nice. only a few months before that, I left Operation Smile and started working for the USO, okay. um, one of their regional offices in the United States. Nice, yeah, because yep. Charlie, your husband, he is in the Navy, is that correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah, so he, Ooh. you guys have moved quite a bit. So, yes and no. I have. I'm a, I'm a Navy brat, so I moved like 14 or 16 times prior to that. Gotcha. Charlie and I have only moved uh, once together. So that okay. was just down here to, to Florida. Yeah. But that was the reason why I had to leave Operation Smile is we had orders to go to Italy. So we thought we were moving to Italy. Ooh. Quit my job, started preparing, and then they said, just kidding, you're staying here in Virginia Beach. <laughs> But then that's when I was like, I need to change the scenery anyhow and picked up a job with the USO. Um, yeah. Yeah. What was that experience like? Um, that was, um, that was a, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Lauren is always right. And I say that <laughs> probably, I mean, again, I've worked for 22 years. My dad was in the Navy for a very long time. Um, I told Charlie, like, when we elope, because the reason why we eloped because he had orders to Italy. So in order for me to go with him on a financial budget, I had to be married. Yeah. But I told him, I was like, once we get married, they're going to cancel these orders. They're going to say, no, this was orders for a single sailor, not for a family. We don't have that in the budget. No. And he was like, no, no, no. They'll keep the orders. It's fine. It doesn't matter. I'm like, okay. So we eloped. And then that week, he, you know, informs Uh. the Navy, I'm now married. Here's all this stuff. Italy gets wind of it. And they're like, yeah, no, bye. You're not coming here. Mm. It was a I told you so moment in yeah. like the first week of marriage. So it was just like, I just smile at him and you're like, okay, I, I see I see now that you know what you're talking about. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I've been down this road before. Uh, so, but that was, had to be kind of disheartening though too, a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, it was. We were really, really looking forward to it. Um, he was really excited about it. In the end, I think it definitely was pivotal for us not to go. It was very good for our marriage just to say stateside and, and be together for, you know, yeah. I mean, two more years before we moved to, um, about a year or so before we moved to Florida, but it was, it was really good for our marriage. In the end, it was very disappointing. We definitely will be going overseas at some point in time in his career. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was sad, but, it, and it was rough. We stayed in Virginia. He had full blown, uh, reconstructive knee surgery. Ouch. And so, that, so our first year of marriage is he's on crutches and wheelchairs and rehab and, 
me driving him everywhere and he got put in a position for work that wasn't good for his morale and so it was yeah it was a growing year it was a tough year yeah eh. yeah I, it sounds brutal and I know we've talked in in this I think this period of time from this point to maybe present has been difficult in a lot of ways for you definitely yeah it's really hard because you uh, you hear about it as a kid that military spouses, you know, it's hard to be away from your husband. It's hard to find jobs and all of this stuff. And for the most part, I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, I was a military kid. My dad deployed. I get it. Um, but then when it happens to you, you uh, arrogant me was like, oh, duh. Like, it's much different when it's someone you love and, like, want to spend every waking moment with versus your dad, who you love, but, you know okay, bye, Dad, I'll see you later. Like, it's just very different right. when it's your actual spouse, and you're like, this is all now a reality, and it, and it, it's tough, but... Yeah, and but we were talking before, you, you, like you said, you live in Florida now, Pensacola, correct? Yeah. That area? Yep. yep. Um, and Charlie's home now for the... <laughs> one of the few t- yeah but he hasn't been for the last year and this has been awesome for you guys right yeah yeah well, yeah so we moved here august of last year okay. and we showed up on a thursday our household goods showed up on friday he was gone on monday <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah so like he was gone for two and a half months came home for a month and a half and then was deployed again from January till July. So I have lived here for a full year and like basically have been doing it by myself. Like me and the dogs, no friends, had to make friends on my own, had to find, you know, jobs where I could and the job market here is not great. And so it's, it's been really, really tough, but he's home now. And, and yeah, so we're just, we're readjusting to being around each other and our, like I was saying earlier, our idiosyncrasies, like who leaves the plate in the sink and who does this <laughs> and who does this and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I don't know. Like, like, I've been doing this on my own for a year, so he freaking needs to be doing it himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, newly married all over again in some ways. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like living... Well, and it's, it's worse than that because it's like, I feel like I've banked so much time doing it on my own that I'm like, right. no, you get... I know yeah I feel similarly sometimes with with my wife Dana and you know it's like I've let him out all day long like you it's your turn to let chance out now you know like yeah you let him out right? this morning and you know whatever but like I've like let him out a hundred times a day and he's been up my butt all day. So like, can you take over yeah. now? <laughs> and I was laughing at your podcast with you and Dana when you were, um, when you guys were separated for about you know, the month, you're like, you know, chance has been up my butt for a month and a half. Oh my and, gosh. And you know, moving a car together and you have to keep them on a leash and when they don't have backyards to run around, like, yeah. I felt that so deeply in my soul and I was like, oh, that's the worst. I hate that. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I and animals. It's a bit annoying. Uh, yeah, I know you. Uh, we've <laughs> we've bonded over the love for our animals. We they're like our children, mm-hmm. and for all of you out there that have children, we understand that they're not the same. But we don't have anything else to compare it to because we don't have kids. So <laughs> these are our children. Get over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, seriously, like Chance 
it's just it was a tumultuous time for for him um and for us you know i'm moving shit around our house and he clearly knew something was up but obviously didn't know what was going on and i'm never sitting down and he was never stopping to his attempt to be at my side at all times and uh he's still my my little buddy i mean we had a bonding moment over that month that we were we were separated for sure and you know there's when he when we come home it's you know whether it's me letting him out of his kennel um or or dana it's like he comes to me and he wants to see me and he he goes over to her it's not that he's like avoids her or anything but he's like he's very much like hey dad how's it going yeah you know? You're yeah. funny. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with my girls. Like, I have, um, I have a Great Dane and a, a Staffy. Same thing. Like, both. I mean, like they they love Charlie-ish, but he's at work all day. I'm not yeah. the one, you know, yep. walking and fetching and playing. So I'm just, and it's funny because I do all the training. Charlie doesn't really do training with right. them, so I'm both their buddy, but I'm also their alpha. So they listen to me a lot more. And he's like, same. I don't get it. Yeah. Do same. Some training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I'm always like, Dana, I'm like, uh, use your deep voice, you know, <laughs> like get that, get that deep voice out and then she'll do it. And she's like, Oh, it works. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, we also live on the third floor in an apartment. So we went from a fenced in backyard to third floor apartment. Uh, awesome. Not really, to be yeah. completely honest. No. Um, that's a new thing that we've had to adjust to. So, you know, it's not like when we were back in Minnesota. It's just open up the door. It's like, all right, see you later, dude. Like, go to your thing. And mm-hmm. he'll let us know when he's ready to come in. And most right. of the time he would just sit out there and, you know, enjoy the sun and stick his nose up yeah. in the air and take in some of the smells and whatever. But... <laughs> Now it's like, all right, you done? Because, like, I want to go back in. I'm sweating, you know? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. We went from a quarter-acre backyard where they could just uh, run around and, and be free to our backyard is a couple feet. Like, it's teeny tiny. We can let them out to pee, which is nice, but still, like, they don't get to run and get that energy out. And so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so this is something, uh, if you're listening, we are recording this. It's uh, Friday. And uh, mm-hmm. this will be going out a week from, well, almost a week, Wednesday, next Wednesday. So Wednesday mm-hmm. will be when I plan to release this podcast. Uh, and we are talking, we're preparing for this hurricane. I've been here officially three weeks this last Tuesday. And uh, now we have a, a large hurricane coming our way. And we're like, dude. Yeah, this dog, like, he doesn't like going to the bathroom in the rain. Like, he's not a big fan of yeah. rain. He's not a big fan of storms. So we're like, how in the hell are we going to, like, do this? Like, what are we, like, what's this going to look like, you know? And uh, so, I don't know. We still haven't necessarily figured that out yet. Not sure how that's going to all work. But uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll uh, make it through the storm. <sighs> I mean, same thing. We we moved here this time last year, so he left, and it's like we had two or three what we thought were going to be in hurricanes. Thankfully, in our area was just just some rain, but yeah, same thing. Yeah, my dogs they're made of sugar. Heaven forbid they get <laughs> wet. You know, Seriously. So, and I mean, in Florida in general, as you know, as you're finding out, we just get random summer showers, and like any yeah. point in time of the day, 
pretty much every day since I've been here. I, there may have only been like three days in the last three weeks that I, I don't yeah. think it's rained, to be honest. And every other day it's rained at least once. And, and like thunderstorms, yep. you know, it's not like, it's like lightning, thunder, you know, 15, 20 minutes, sometimes a little longer. But um, yeah, they're like, they always pop up. They always hit you hard and soak you and then <laughs> move on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Lauren, we've talked about up until, um, yeah, you kind of up to now. What are you up to these days? What have you been up to since, you know, you moved to Pensacola, um, moved to Florida? What's What's yeah. been on the docket? I know, you know, I, I mentioned that, you know, marriage-wise, it's been difficult, you know, with being kind of by yourself, but we've, we've had some conversations and it's been difficult just finding, you know, value and purpose in some ways and figuring out, um, you know, what, what we're doing next and what's going on with our life. We've both moved for our spouses and (laughs) it's, uh, it's been something that's been a, you know, we've, we've, we've definitely, um, have some things that we've, agree on that have been difficult throughout these processes and what's this experience been like what are you doing what's up what's been this like period of time for you yeah it's been it's been interesting I feel like it's a season of re-self-discovery kind of thing Mm. but also in the sense of like I went from being this you know highly independent woman paying all my own bills having a really cool job. When Charlie and I met, I made more money than him. And I, yeah, it was really cool. And that's what he was, you know, really attracted to. I own my own, I owe, at the time owned my own house. Yeah. It was a really cool international job, all that stuff. And so to follow your spouse to a location where you don't know anybody and then they up and leave within 72 hours, so you can't even make friends together. Yeah. It's been, it's been difficult. It's, it's, it's been really challenging because it's just taught me that like, I, I got to do it. I got to do it on my own. And there's and there's been months where I, you know, get into a slump and get into a rut and just can't can't seem to, you know, get motivated to find, you know, things I'm passionate about and stuff. So it's really just taught me that, like, you, you got to do it. You just have to get off the couch and, and do it yourself. So I've been picking up odds and ends jobs um, through consulting. Um, some of the stuff that I've been, you know, interested in and just yeah. want to go full time it's not available in Pensacola, so I'm having to work for a nonprofit out of state or whatever. Um, and that's actually, as where, as you know, for those who don't know, that's where Shane and I oh. our mutual friend, Susanna. We lost you there. There was a little little oh. breakup. So uh, that's how we yeah. met. Yeah, or that's how we, yeah. like, reconvene, kind of, and our friendship. Yeah. Yeah. To our mutual, really good friend, Susanna. I always say Susanna's, like, my fairy godmother. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> the right time with the right job and Always. it's the right place and yeah yeah so you know did that did some work a couple for a couple months at the end of last year for ijm um yeah international justice mission yeah we convened with you in texas which i think we both can laugh about it now yeah and i knew that she was coming i knew that she was going to be at the event and i'd been there for a couple days already she walked into the room smiled at me and waved and I was like oh that's a really nice gentleman like okay hi bye it did not click in my <laughs> head that it was <laughs> like wow okay what f me never mind that and I was like who is that guy like whatever and then you came over to talk to me and I'm like 
who is this person talking to me? You had a full-blown beard. You've never had a beard before. You were wearing glasses. Yeah. Like, guys. But I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Shane. And then, yeah, I feel like, you know, since then, we just had we had some really good heart-to-hearts during the event. You were Definitely. my lifesaver during that event. Um, <laughs> we had, yeah. yeah, it was the, man, I think... That event again, Fairy Godmother uh, Susanna. Yeah. If you're listening, um, you have a way about you that um, timing is either perfect or something. I don't know, but that event really shook me up. I'm not gonna lie. Um, in a lot yeah. of different ways, to be honest, it it shook me up. I think most um, by showing me I have more to give and I have more potential than I've been, uh, allowing myself to, uh, think or, or, um, I don't know, comprehend in some ways. And so it, it was good in that it opened my eyes of like, man, you, you, you're kind, you, you know, some stuff, you know? And, um, but then also going back to working in special education, which is, you know, I, I love my job. I, lo- I loved it. It was great. But I was just another person, you know, and I was a, yeah. I was just an employee. I didn't have any say. I didn't have any, you know, it didn't matter what I thought. To be completely honest, it was, you know, go with the flow and do whatever and very thankless job in a lot of ways. And uh, not that that's the be all end all, right? Like I don't need somebody to fluff me up every two seconds, but, um, yeah, I I went from being valued and respected to, eh, I'm just another person, you know? And that was, uh, that was difficult in a lot of ways. And it really messed with my head. It really shook me up. I, I was dealing with a lot of my own demons at the, at the time too, I think. Um, and maybe I didn't realize it was kind of coming to, uh, the top of the mountain, if you will, um, kind of the pinnacle of some of my mental health issues that I, I didn't, I don't know that I was realizing that I was dealing with, but I was at the time. And, um, yeah, it really shook me up and it made me reevaluate my life and what I was doing and my value and my purpose in life. And kind of like you mentioned in the beginning of it's, uh, rediscovery or I guess you just mentioned it a few minutes ago but uh like just rediscovering myself and which has honestly led to this and us having this conversation via crazy face uno and the crazy face uno podcast um yeah and and so it's good and bad right like it you have to go through and you have to walk through the swampy shit to get to the the beautiful area sometimes and um, you know, it's, it's been a process for sure of figuring out and I, I don't have it figured out yet, but I'm, that event shook me up and, uh, yeah. and then it made me really think about my, I think it allowed me, you know, I, I've gone very much been exploring, uh, I don't know the right word, um, my faith, you know, I went to a conservative Christian school. We, we talked about that. And I, I don't, it's not something that I really, I, that I don't subscribe to anymore. Um, you know, I, I've, I, 
and IJM, uh, International Justice Mission, is a, is a Christian organization. Um, so this this event that we are a part of was very much submersive in, back into that culture, and I hadn't really been back into the Christian um, world in a really long time. And I found right. a really healthy balance of that, actually, of finding a way to, you know, I really respect, I really respect religion and Christianity. It's just not something that I want in my life right now. And, and figuring that out and, and, and figuring out how that works in my life. And then even with, with Crazy Face Uno of, man, I, I've got a few different things when this is posted you have already listened to there's a there's another podcast that i'm dropping um that just dropped on monday if you're listening now um monday and jonathan moya he started a organization called border perspective and i really want to work with him it's it's got a christian base and a christian foundation um but i love i love what he's doing and i love the heart and the mission and that's not going to stop me from being a part and, and taking part and to partner with him and to associate crazy face Uno with that. It, it, I think that being a part of that event really allowed me to see that, that you don't have to separate these things that they can be the same and they can be together. Um, that was a really choppy maybe way of saying that, but uh, externally processing some of this as we go. Um, but yeah, I, I really value a lot of that and it's, it, it showed me um, a lot about myself and a lot about things that I, I care about and a lot about um, how to kind of meld those two worlds together and be a part and to care about the mission of something, but not fully subscribe to everything that they're doing. Right. Yeah. I would say like, as you're talking, I'm like, this is the exact same thing. Like it shook me up. It really, it really put me on, a new path of, of discovery. Like I, I came home, I finally started doing things that like I had always wanted to do and just, I guess, let life happen instead of yeah. me, like attacking that life, like started going to therapy finally, right. like, started, like seeking out different types of jobs. And, um, you know, one of the big things I'm working through in therapy is, is my religious background and just yeah, not describing to the way it currently for the most part, not always, but for the most part, is working and, and what they believe and stuff. And so it's the same thing. It's been a really interesting discovery of, like, just, yeah, going from literally being so ashamed of being associated with some of this stuff to, like, okay, but this is what I believe. When you boil it down, these are the bullet points that I believe. Yeah. But the, the acts and the practices and things that are happening is not what I subscribe to. So just finding a new journey and, and realizing that, that both can coexist and there's, you just, you're going to have to find it. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm really now too, but like, that's one of the things I've been talking with therapists is like believing in this certain thing, but then learning that it's going to look differently. Like I don't foresee myself ever going back to a four wall building church and doing that kind of stuff. But I see myself loving the, you know, loving the idea of community and working together and and absolutely bringing in all faiths and bringing in all types of people. And like, I come from, um, you know, a multiracial family and yeah, you know, I, I, I say like, I'm a purple and a sea of red and blue. Like, yeah, I'm not, liberal, I'm not conservative. I'm, I'm right in the middle, but I have black brothers who I genuinely worry about. Yeah, genuinely absolutely. 
given second because of just how they look, you know? Yeah. As well as, like, you know, I, I have people in, you know, in my surrounding families that are gay and are, you know, mm-hmm. are so beautiful and so amazing. And I can't imagine anyone looking at them in a negative light. And, you know, yeah. just like, so it's all the, all the worlds are melting together. And so, yeah, it's just the past few months and past year has just been like this, what that looks like breaking away a lot of the, the hurt and the stuff that I've experienced, but then right. like finding new places for new experiences and new paths and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I feel you. Absolutely. Isn't and, it? and that's what, if you're listening, if you're all listening now, I'm, I'm going to plug the podcast that's that's right before yeah. this one. Uh, again, Border Perspective. Uh, check it out. Jonathan Moya. Very similar, Lauren. Um, and yeah. we can talk about it more later. But um, Border Perspective is uh, Jonathan is a he's a sp- Hispanic. His family's Hispanic. They live his his family um, live down in Texas, about three miles from the border. And, yeah. you know, similarly, he's he's held on to his faith. And, but he started to realize that, man, there's a narrative and there's things that are, people are talking about. And I don't know how that fits in with me and how do I fit into this? you know, he calls himself, you know, a conservative Christian, but the conservative Christian values don't align with who he is, you know, and it feels left out. And so border perspective is literally, it it stemmed from that of, um, advocacy and awareness, uh, in, in a lot of ways of, Hey, let's let's bring people, leaders from the conservative Christian church down here to experience the border and immigrants, and um, you know, let's let's actually talk about what Jesus talks about, and and let's live that life and 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 do that, and also helping you know, they have about a thousand immigrants a day, a thousand people a day that are coming through um, this organization that they're doing, and so. As you know, a thousand people is a lot of people. That's a lot of work and a lot going on. Um, and so, you know, uh, we're working together. I, I, Crazy Face Uno is going to be helping uh, with that. And that's something I care about. I think that that's beautiful. I think that's awesome. And, and I don't have to be, um, I don't have to believe in the same things that he does or that the Christian church does to right. see value and to see that like perspectives still have to change and that humans are humans wow. and people are people and that we have yeah. to, we have to do more and we have to help. And so, um, yeah, I really want to plug that because that's a, that's a partnership that I'm, I'm fostering and working with and somebody that I really uh, think is doing a great job and, and doing an, doing an awesome yeah. service to the world. Um, so yeah. yeah um, yeah, me too. I, I, we recorded, uh, this last week and I've been, man, it's just been so heavy on my heart and something that, you know, we talked afterwards and like, Hey, I, I want to, I want to figure out how we can partner together and how we can work and, and help each other out. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for that if, if, uh, if you're listening, but yeah, Lauren, um, something that I've, I've asked a lot of people on the podcast. It kind of comes, you know, when I think it's appropriate. But what's, what would you want? Um, I got a couple questions. Yeah, so start it. with wherever you want. But one, what should we know about you? What's something like it? Most of the people that are listening, some of the people that are listening don't know who you are. What's something that we should know about you? That's a good question. Um, 
Um, I, you know what? This ties into what we talked about before, um, before we started recording. Yeah. Um, I am living a lot of my life offline now. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, because normally, you know, Shane does research and he's like, I couldn't find anything on you that I didn't know or like you just don't have a lot of things. Yeah. And not fine just for my own mental health. Like I've deleted a lot of social media apps off my phone, you know, yeah. you know don't spend a lot of time on those things. But I've also like, in this chaotic world of everything can only be A or B, it's black or white, there's no gray mm. areas, like just like insane yelling match that we live in. Yeah, I hate that. I just, I hate it. I don't engage. I I don't post about anything I believe or don't right. believe. Don't comment on things. I don't get involved. I don't search those things out. I live my life in a way that like I'm with people. I'm I'm with the situations. I I am I'm I'm showing my love. I am I'm doing what I need to do um, offline. And like if any if I'm on Instagram and I see somebody's story that's you know, yelling at me that like, if you don't post about this, then you don't care about this injustice and da 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 da. I mute them. I'll come back to you in, in a few days. I'm not. I'm not burning that bridge. But I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't subscribe that. to that. Yeah. I, I. I think as a human being, if you want to care about one singular issue and be all in on that issue, good for you. It doesn't make you. If you, you know, like um, my family, we adopt. Yep. We have ad- adopted uh, domestically three times now. Yeah. Um, and some people really care about international adoption. I don't care either way. Like, if you are living your life in a way that influences your sphere in the ways that you can, good for you. It does not make you a bad person for adopting internationally, and you're not ignoring the kids here in America or whatever. Right. You know, like, right. you can care about more than one thing. You can care about one thing. Like, however you were created and designed to be, as long as you're living truly and as long as you're living fully, good for you. That's, yep. you know, and that's just how I live my life now is I just, you're not going to see me posting about all of this A, B, and C injustices. I'm going to call my senators. I'm going to write letters. I'm going to make yep. friends and be friends who I need to be friends with or want to be friends with and affect my community around me with my actions and with my words and with my love and, you know, being in a military community a lot of people are conservative. A lot of people are, you know, I don't, I don't want to list any issues, but a lot of people are very, very conservative and I'm not that, but I'm still friends with you. And if yeah, absolutely. Up, I smile, I nod, I give a small opinion. If it starts to get heated, I'm done talking I'm about it. And I let you trail on until it's gone kind of thing. You know, like yep. I just, yeah, I just don't have time for that nonsense, you know? Absolutely. And you're, what it sounds like is, and this is something that I'm, I'm actually doing as well, but minus the separating myself from social media, I just don't post the crap <laughs> like you. A, like, hell yeah, good for you. Like, way to go and way to take charge. You're, you're taking control of your life. And yeah, that's exactly. something that I'm, I'm really doing as well of saying, like, I'm, I'm the boss of me yeah. and yep. I get to decide what I like and I don't want to have, um, there's a quote I wrote down and I actually put it on my mirror. I've never done this before. I, I put a little post-it note on my mirror. <laughs> um, and it says, don't let other people take your power. And exactly. of influencing me, whether that's I'm driving down the road and somebody upsets me and I get upset at them, like I'm giving them, I'm giving them power and I'm not going to do that anymore. Exactly. That's, that's mine. That's my right to keep and hold on to. And I'm not going to do that yeah. anymore. I'm not going to be... Yeah. 
I'm not going to be bullied into things. I'm not going to be manipulated into things. I'm going to, I'm going to stand up for myself and I'm not going to apologize for things as much anymore. Um, that one's hard because that's a habit that's, that's, that's rooted (laughs) deep within me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm taking control of my own life and it sounds like you're doing the same and and that's good for you and, and awesome. Like you should. Um, and the other part is absolutely, it's not, we don't live in a black and white world. We live in a uh, a world that's technicolored. It's multicolored. It's there's many shades of gray. There's many shades of green. There's many shades of red and blue and black and orange and whatever. Name the color. Uh, I went way too long into the colors there, but uh, but seriously, like it's it's okay. And yeah. let's celebrate the successes. Yeah, let's celebrate the successes. Let's not. Let's yeah, not absolutely. cut people down that are trying to do something good. It, it makes people just apathetic and not want to do anything. And right. and I, I, I think that that's super important. I have friends with of on every spectrum of the political scale, of every spectrum of uh, the social scale. I, I have friends, and you do too. I know you do because we've, we have similar <laughs> roots. Um, but like that's – and that's okay. I don't, I don't care. I don't – I, I love you all the same. Like I, I'm tired of this, like, because you believe that I can't associate myself with you because you believe that, like, I can't do anything with you or you're bad because you did this. Yes. I don't agree with that, but it doesn't change the fact that there's more to that person than that one thing. There's more to that person than your political views and your political stance on things. There's more to more to a person than your religious views and your religious stance on things. If you respect me, I'm going to respect you, right? And okay. and it's it's fostering a relationship of respect. And I think that that's so important. For sure. Because cutting people out and, 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 you know, if someone is truly toxic, obviously you need to take yeah. action. But, like, cutting everybody out just because they have a differing viewpoint on one or two things is not going to move any progress. It's not no. going to heal anything. It's not going to... You know, it's as dangerous as yelling at people online. Like, yeah, it's creating an echo friends. chamber of just the same exactly. old shit. And now you're not challenging yourself. Exactly. You're not challenging your own viewpoints. And, um, exactly. you know, and, and Carl made a good point. Carl Stevens, you know, he was on mm. and he was talking about how he was trying to, to change people's minds, you know, and like have these oh. conversations and um, how he's like, eh, I don't want to do that anymore. Like, it's okay for me to like believe what I want to believe and, and to just put my time and energy into the things that I care about. And that's cool too. Like you don't have to like engage those people. And that's kind of what you're saying as well. And, and I completely agree. Like I'll have a conversation with you if you want to have a conversation. I'm more than willing. Right, yeah. Um, but ex- exactly yeah, like you said, we can both walk away from that conversation, still believing what we believe when we walked into it. And it absolutely. doesn't, or we have some changes or whatever you know what I'm saying. Like we can have a conversation just to have a conversation and just, not to okay, change somebody's great. mind, but just to understand, yeah. just to understand yeah, exactly. where people are coming from. The extremes, exactly. change doesn't happen on the extremes. I think the extremes are important. I think they push the conversation, but the change happens right. in the middle and the change happens to the people that want to have the conversation. So if you're not willing to have that conversation, if you're going to put everything down, that's like a little bit negative towards whatever you're trying to do. Um, I, I urge you to really reconsider and to reevaluate the way you're, you're, taking on those conversations and those people and those things that you care about, they are important, 
but let's have a conversation about it and have a conversation, a civil conversation with respect and dignity and love. And at the end of the day, if you don't agree, you don't agree. And that's okay. It's okay to have a differing opinion. I can have a different opinion than you, Lauren, and that's okay. And you can have a different opinion than me and that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like on my soapbox. I I love that you brought that up because that's something I care about so much. Um, Yeah. And then the other question I had for you, Lauren, you have um, shown us that you've been living this life of, of care and love and, and um, you know, you, you have this empathetic heart. I know this of you. Um, Where do you think that came from? What, what about you? has or what what have you gone through what where did this idea come from has it always been something that's part of you it's something i've asked myself this question right my mom's told me stories about when i was a little child about uh well you've always said you wanted to be a missionary growing up you know you wanted to go to africa or you wanted to do these different things and i don't know where that came from but obviously it's part of who i am and my my buddy sam my best friend he mentioned the same thing like yeah my mom told me stories of like I went to the library and picked out you know books on slavery and justice and whatever when I was younger and these types of books where did that come from where where's your heart where did this heart for others and heart to care about the things that are going on in the world come from yeah I I mean same thing like part of it has been inherent in me just I think how I was created and, and designed to be um, my parents have always said, like, when I was a little kid, on my birthday, I would open my gifts and immediately offer it to my siblings. Do you want to play with it first? Even though it's like the Barbie that I wanted for months now. Yeah. I look at my sister, hey, you play with it kind of thing. Um, that since has very much changed. I, um, I've learned to. <laughs> yeah. Know, well, that's like um, taking control of your life. We just, I mean, that's kind of like what we just said. But. Exactly. Um, but yeah, besides that, I mean, it definitely, it definitely came from my upbringing um we adopted my little brother kevin um i was probably i want to say i was like two and a half three years old um when we adopted kevin and he was uh 10 months at the time yeah um and he is african-american yeah um people love to be like where are you from and he's like uh maine and like like, (laughs) where are you from and he's like from freaking maine like the whitest part of america yeah i'm from you know um, but so I think that part of it, just it being exposed to how people treated him and like growing up with, you know, a, a sibling of a different race. Um, you know, we, like I said, we're in the military, so we moved every two years. I went from Maine to California to Mississippi, back to California. Like we yeah. just were exposed to so many different cultures. And right. as you know, some people may or may not know, like, the history classes you get in Mississippi are very different than the history classes you get in California. Oh, I'm and so sure. at a very young age exposed to both sides of the coin and being able to decipher those things on my own. Um, and then, I mean, one of my biggest memories too, is I watched the movie Ruby Bridges as a kid, which is you know one of the first young black ladies who was um, able to integrate into a white school and that radically changed me. Like, I saw that movie and was like, you mean to tell me my little brother Kevin, who, like, I wipe his butt and changes under, you know, like, changes diapers and all that. He couldn't go to the same school as me. That's messed up. Yeah. And so from there, like, from second or third grade, just, like, really diving into all that kind of, like, history and experiences with him. And then 
yeah, it just kind of, it, it just went from there that, um, just being protective of my own family and the situations that he has to go through. Um, and then adopting more kids subsequently after that, my parents, um, have recently adopted. So yeah, it's just always been a lifelong interest and inherent need to see equality and, um, the opportunity being afforded to, you know, to everybody, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Equality, equity. Yeah. Just yeah. So big. Yeah, I I love that. I'm I'm just always so curious as like what what that was for people and where that came yeah. from. I think that you know there's I don't know. I I just I think it's cool to see and and cool to to understand, you know, like where people's yeah. hearts um kind of came from and and where that is. I yeah. I agree with you. I think that cultural experiences um you know, there's you have these cultural experiences, whether again, California to Alabama to New York to Minnesota to Florida, you know, there's different to Indiana. <laughs> um, there's just a different, there's just different cultures in each of these places and you learn a little bit more and the more you can submerge yourself into these different cultures and just different uh, environments. I think it's important. I think it allows you to understand and to comprehend things differently. Um I had, I just released a podcast uh, Friday, uh, last Friday with Kevin Arnett and he's a high school friend. He was in the military, the Navy, Air Force, and um, he, you know, attributes a lot of, you know, who he is today to the military, obviously, and getting to go to these different places and experience different cultures. And we were talking about like getting out of small town Indiana was one of the things that that he thinks was awesome. And I agree, you know, when it doesn't mean you can't come back. It doesn't mean you can't like live there. Just go and experience the world, you know, go on vacations that aren't just vacations, but go, go see other places that maybe they challenge you and, um, and meet new people, say hi to a stranger, say hi to someone of a different race or ethnicity. Um, say hi and, and learn and, and get to know them and just be friendly and kind. We're, we're so much more alike than we are apart or than we are different just in, in world, in the world in general, uh, humans, human beings. And we put these labels and the media puts these labels and these things and these boundaries and these ideas into our head of what people are and what we should do and how we should act and how we should treat people. And I just don't like it. I disagree. I think it's wrong. Um, and so, Yeah. Lauren, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Just yeah. learning new. I mean, I find myself doing the same thing, you know, like you, your first impressions of people can be one thing or what you think about somebody is one thing. But when you start to talk to that person or when you start to get to know them and then you're like, oh, actually I was wrong, you know, and invisible children, invisible children was honestly like that was something uh, I learned there. It started to learn there. Uh, there were certain people I'm like, not culture or ethnicity, but just people where I'm like, oh, I put them in this box. I put them, oh, they're this kind of person, you know? Um, yeah. But then I started to talk to them and got to know them. And I was like, oh, actually, like, I like them. They're great. They're a nice person, you know? Um, but yeah, I think once you get to know people, you know, perspectives start to change and things start to change, so. Yeah. Lauren, is there anything you would like to leave us with? Uh, I think we'll wrap things up here. 
Yeah, actually, one of the big things that um, I hadn't mentioned yet that is a new revelation as of the past probably week or two in, you know, in regards to living your life and getting out there and just finding a new path and a new journey, um, I'm really excited to say that I actually am starting my own freelance company for consulting for nonprofits and small businesses. Awesome. That's so cool. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really excited. The website's probably going to launch in the next week or two and start taking on clients. But I don't know. All that to say, like, to shamelessly plug myself, but also... No, I do it. Plug. (laughs) Plug away. (laughs) Anyone listening thought about branching out or what their passion is or discovering new things, just like Shane and doing the podcast and and, and changing careers and and following your spouse or loving working in one environment, but it's just not working anymore. Like pursue that. Like if you have a nudge, if you have an inkling that you want change, seek out that change Mm. and, and risk it and go for it. Um, so yeah, like I've just decided that like, I love working for nonprofits, but I'm going to be moving every two years. Yeah. And not every time there's going to be at the duty stations we go to, there's not going to be jobs that I'm qualified for or want or happy about. So I've decided to just take matters in my own hands and I'm going to do remote consulting and oh, yeah. um, be able to up that I take with me every time we move. Um, yeah. So if you guys, if I just say that if anyone who's thinking about it, pursue it, it's worth the shot. It's worth the risk. If you have a good, good inkling about something, listen to yourself, trust yourself yeah. and go for it. Awesome. What is your company? What's it going to be called? Um, it's just, I mean, it's just going to be my name. It's going to be Lauren Coons consulting right. essentially. So Lauren, laurencoons.com is up and it's just a blank, um, coming soon page, but <laughs> yeah, sure. Lauren Coons. That's L A U R E N K U H N S. Um, dot com. dot com. So check that out. Uh, I will yeah. let me know whenever you've launched things. I would love to help promote for you. So oh, you can use, it, yeah. use our platform to do that as well. Awesome. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Follow your heart, follow your passion, follow the things that you love. Um, you know, a quote that I held on to recently is, uh, follow your passions and money will come. And, uh, yeah. uh, have you listened to any, or, or have you, follow do you know who gary v is no i'm gonna send you a video when we get off the the podcast here and you're gonna it's gonna be great you're gonna love it um it's rocked my world i've written multiple pages of notes (laughs) from like an hour video of him speaking uh at a conference but uh it's it's great he's he's really inspirational and gives a lot of really great advice so uh check him out cool yeah Sweet. All right, everybody. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much again for being on the podcast and sharing some of your story and your life with us. Um, Excited for you. Check out Lauren Coons, L-A-U-R-E-N-K-U-H-N-S.com and be looking for, um, you know, us. We'll we'll promote that as well whenever you've got things launched. So thank you, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Remember, do good, make a difference. Um, It's important. It's important. Learn other people's perspectives and um, let's do some good in the world. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Peace!